0: Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, so today we are going to take a high-level view of exactly how the, a copywriting project goes from like the very beginning to the very end. Because when you're new to copywriting, you might have some understanding potentially of how to write copy. Um, but obviously the actual writing of the copy is just one small part of the process. And when you become a professional and when you are uh, getting paid to, to write your copy, and to do work for clients, you kind of need to know how to go through the whole project. So today, we're going to take you through the copywriting project process. So Kate, where does the project begin? So let's say let's say someone has sent out a pitch mm-hmm. to a client, and, which I guess is kind of the pre-project process. They sent out a pitch to a client, and a client gets back in touch and says, I'm interested. Let's get on a call. What happens from there?
1: You get on that call. No, um, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> and I want to preface this by saying that this is the general process, but don't feel married to it as you get into it. And you're like, but this happened and this happened instead. And it feels natural to do. This is kind of the framework that you want to follow. But inevitably, there are going to be variables that maybe change some of the elements of it. So you get on that first call. We like to call that the discovery call because this is assuming you might not know anything about it. Maybe you did this discovery call before before you, know, you sent the pitch. You, you wanted to get on a call before quoting the price and nailing it down. So you might already have done that, that phase. But if you haven't yet, that's the time to do it. So hopefully you can get all the information you need to get a, an accurate quote and scope of the work you know, Mm -hmm. you need to know what essentially you're going to deliver to the client in the end, what are the actual deliverables. And so you need to get enough information that you feel confident then sending through that quote and know you're going to get Paid for the work that you're doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're you're hopping on the call. If you sent them through a pitch, you're talking through that idea, um, and then you're asking them questions about their business. You know, asking mm-hmm. them. You've done your research, but there's stuff inside their business that you wouldn't necessarily know. You know, what are their business goals? What are their challenges? What are some big projects they've been wanting to get to but haven't been able to? Because mm-hmm. there can be some real gems in there where you can go, oh, hey, that's something I could help you out with. And mm-hmm. it may be that originally you thought you were going to talk about this idea but instead what's so much more important is this other project and they're so much more excited about that because they want to get that done and same thing too is that you know sometimes you hop on a discovery call and they're getting in touch with you um you know your idea was great and that got you in the door but they don't actually even really want to talk about that idea you pitched them Mm -hmm. on they want to talk about this other project that they were like oh my god we need this done and you showed up in their inbox and they were like yeah This is our person. So they may want to talk about a totally different project. So it's really the discovery call is very – you are discovering things about the business Mm -hmm. and discovering things about um, the opportunities and and what needs to be done. But it's really very much a a conversation. And, you know, in the the Comprehensive Copywriting Academy, the CCA, we give – steps and we give templates and we give prompts and that kind of thing but you really want to treat it as uh, a conversation you know Mm -hmm. this is my idea and that's great but you know tell me about your business what are you what are you trying to do what are you struggling with what are you all that kind of stuff because as you're talking you as the copywriting partner will probably
1: come up with
0: initial ideas
1: yeah and it might turn out that you don't want to work with this client that maybe it's not the best fit so you know if you haven't nailed down and committed to anything yet this is a great time to figure out if this is the right project for you the right project for them we always say you don't have to quote a price on the call because you don't especially you know in the cases nikki mentioned you might be changing directions altogether so if you pitched one thing yeah, come with an idea of a rough quote for that pitch, the thing that you pitched, but know that for any other things you talk about, there's no way for you to have known, or quite frankly, maybe you pitched something and you didn't realize, ooh, this is going to take a lot more work than I originally thought. So be okay spending some time with that, the notes from your call and telling the client, hey, okay, next steps. That's the goal of the discovery call is to say, next steps. Here's, here's what we're going to go through from here. Maybe the client says, hey, we want to run forward with this. What now? And you say, I'm going to take all my notes. I'm going to put together that scope. I'm going to put together that price. Alternatively, if you feel really confident that you know you pitched something and they want to move forward with that exact pitch and you've thought through the pricing and you feel comfortable quoting them on the call, you certainly can. And then go from there. Um, You still want to send that through them via email so you have the record of it. So that's
0: a great segue then to the next step, right? So, I mean, if a client doesn't want to work with you, fine, understandable. It happens to all of us, certainly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, you can ask maybe, can I follow up with you in a couple of months and see if maybe things have changed? Fine. But the next step of the project process is that, um, as Kate said, you put together that email, that quote, quote. Um, that includes the the very specific scope of the project, not just like I'm gonna rewrite your website, but mm-hmm. I will write a home page, an about page, a this page, a that page, all the exact scope of the project, the cost and the day that you will deliver that first draft. So those are the three elements that you need to have in that email, that scope of the project, the cost, and the date you'll be delivering that first draft. And when you send that through, and then when your client comes back to you and says, yep, that looks great, let's move forward. Then you have a, for all intents and purposes, you have a legally binding agreement. Mm -hmm. Um, So if in the future they try to add something onto the scope, they're like, yeah, can you just do this page as well. You can be like, well, that's actually outside of the scope of the project, but I'm happy to price that out for you, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, but that is something it's good for both you and your client because then you both are on the same page. You know exactly what you what they they and you know exactly what they're going to get, how much it's going to cost, and when. Um, and then obviously, if that's quite the the quote, isn't something, isn't the price they want to pay, then maybe there's a little bit of negoci- negotiation, negotiation. <laughs> oh, those two Negotiation. I love Negoti- that. Negotiation. Negotiation. <laughs> yes. If you are overseas. You swimming in, in the Bali, negotiation. In yeah. The nego- oh, I like that. Swimming yeah. in the negotiation. We'll have a whole separate yeah. episode on it. Yeah. Once your client agrees to it, um, you are ready to move forward but you are not yet ready to write. So what is that next step then, Kate?
1: Next step is to do a kickoff call or an input call, whichever you kind of prefer. And I know this comes up a few times where people are like, well, but what if we had the discovery call and I wrote a creative brief and I got all the information I needed? Yes, there are times where your discovery call may lead into naturally a kickoff where you start, you maybe get on the call and they're like, yes, we want to move forward with this yes, you know, you feel good quoting the price and you say, okay, I'm committed to this project. Let's talk about the actual project now. Um, And you might have your creative brief and go through all of your questions, but more often than not, I would say because it's so important to nail down the scope and nail down the pricing, you'll have that initial call. They'll either agree to the project or not. And then you have your input call. And so on this call, you want to have your creative brief template and you want to walk them through the whole thing. You want to ask all the questions you need to get to write the actual project. So that includes knowing who their target audience is, knowing what the tone of the project is, knowing um, when the drop dead date that they need it is, which, you know, I usually quote with my scope, the timeline, but you want to just confirm that on the input call. So for example, I think a website is a great example where if they need to get something to a designer or developer to keep the project moving forward, you need to account for that in your timing because they might want the copy finalized and done before they start moving on the other elements. So you want to get a sense of where your work fits into the project. If it's just delivering copy and they're going to input it into their existing site, for example, or you're delivering an email and it's off and the timing might not be as difficult to nail down, but you want to get that context of where this fits into the larger, larger picture. Mm -hmm. Uh, The, the business
0: goals of the project. Yeah. Right. The, Mm -hmm. the, I mean, we're listing all this kind of stuff off. We obviously our students have templates, but Mm -hmm. the business goals of the project, the, the benefit to consumer of taking Mm -hmm. whatever action it is that you want them to take. And the thing is too, is that that, that creative brief should be just a starting point. Like, yes, you want to answer all those Mm -hmm. questions with your client, but it should begin a conversation. Um, Nine times out of 10. And actually I would even say, like 99% of the time, when a project goes off the rails, when a client mm-hmm. um, comes back with a ton of feedback or a ton of different changes or when when things get chaotic or things like that, the vast majority of the time, it's you can trace it back to the input call not being as thorough, the input of the mm-hmm. kickoff call not being as thorough as it should be. Because you need to know everything and you need to not be afraid to ask.
1: Yeah, that was the big next big thing. Ask lots of questions. But also if they say something or a term that you don't understand, oh hey, do you mind explaining that for me? You know, a lot of teams might have internal language that they use that they may not even know they're using. So getting clarity on and not being afraid to to ask for that. Or in, you know, if it's if it's, it's a term they feel like you should have known. Oh sorry, I didn't I didn't catch that. That that was that was what you meant by that always ask questions because you don't want to set yourself up for failure. You want to set yourself up for success, which is what happens when you get probably more than enough information you need. You might not use all of it. Frankly, you probably won't use all of it in your actual copy, but all of it will help you inform what you're writing. It'll help you put your copy in the greater context of the business and their goals and their strategy. And it'll give you more to consider. Uh, to add to some of the things to, you know, understanding just, it might, again, this might not come into the actual deliverable, but understanding their differentiators. Who are their competitors? Mm -hmm. Who are some, you know, if they're doing uh, like a complete website overhaul, for example, you might have different questions where you want to dig into sites that they like and the tone that they like. And do they have a tone guide? Do they have materials that you can read and look at and that they say, this is a great example of copy we love that represents our brand so, asking for anything that they can give you that would be helpful to moving forward. To, do they already have an ebook about whatever product that you're writing an email about? Do they have um, the website that the email is going to already built? Do they have the landing page that their Facebook ad is going to? understand the whole piece you don't want to write your piece of copy in a bubble you don't want to write an email in a bubble and not understand if it's part of a bigger you know is it a one-off email is it part of a bigger series is it where where again where does it ultimately go try to understand the whole picture of where your piece or pieces of copy fit into
0: mm-hmm. well and part of the reason that. This input call is so important, and part of the reason that it keeps projects from going off the rails is because not only does it force you to understand, to identify and understand these pieces of the project, but it forces your client to as well. Mm -hmm. Sometimes clients will be like, yeah, I need a sales page, or whatever kind of project it is, Um, and I don't want to be dismissive of clients, but, you know, sometimes it is that, like, I need to hire a copywriter. Okay, great, Ah." But they have not actually sat down and thought through mm-hmm. all of their various elements and the goal of the page and where people are coming to before they get to the page and what happens. And, and when you sit down with a client and you make them. Think this through. Some really important things can come out. You know, mm-hmm. I know Kate and I have both been on calls where you're talking with the client, and initially they went to the call saying, "Yes, I want this." Blah blah blah. blah. And the more you're talking through, the more they're like, "Oh, yeah, actually, well, I guess this would be something that would have to happen first. So we need we need this, and mm-hmm. you know, or yeah, I thought that I thought this page would take them to here, but actually, it should take them to here. Or so forcing your client to to talk all of this through um, is really helpful for them as well. Um, and it ensures that you both are on the same page and you both understand. Um, and also, Uh, record these calls. Take notes, definitely, Um, but just in case the recording falls through, but um, record them. If you're on Zoom, you could just hit record there. If Mm -hmm. you're on an actual call, there are apps. Uh, I think there's one called like Tape a Call, which is kind of funny because tape is not even a thing anymore for anybody. Um, (laughs) I really do think it's called Tape a Call, which is very funny. Um, There are probably people listening to this podcast who are like, what's tape? Why would I use Scotch tape? No different kind of tape cassette tape friends. Anyway, um, so it, so you have that recording. You can go back to And actually, frankly, too, I've had clients sometimes, and you can assure them, you know, this is just for my purposes. I'm not going to share it anywhere. Uh, but I've had some clients say, cause, because they came up with great stuff, or sometimes they'll be talking things through, and I'll say, you know, that's a really great line. The way you just explained it to mm-hmm. me right there is is really a great way to connect with your with your target audience. And you know, I will have them, And they'll go, oh yeah, you're right. Da, da, da. And they will ask for a copy of that recording afterwards, which is great and such a nice bonus little easy service for yeah, you to give to them. Exactly. Um, but sometimes students will ask, well, can I just send out a Mm,
1: send out a form form.
0: exactly send out a form send out the creative brief and just have my client fill it out and give it back to you back to us how do we how do we they don't they don't want
1: to they don't want to do the work you're you are a service provider you want to make this as easy as possible for them and they might not know how to fill that out. I know that sounds weird, but you might have to ask certain questions slightly different ways so they know what you're talking about. Maybe they don't understand the word tone. What do you mean by tone? Well, you know, what word choices? What kind of do you, is it professional? Is it friendly? Is it this, is it that? You really want to guide them through that process. What you can do is once you've filled it out, Send them a copy after the call and say, hey, here's the, the brief I filled out. I just want to confirm that I captured everything we talked about. Let me know if you feel like anything is wildly off. Mm-hmm. And then you, they have that document. You understand that you're both on the same page. And mm-hmm. you yeah. can move forward knowing that you've not only talked about it, but then kind of confirmed what you discussed. Because yeah. as we all know, sometimes the message communicated is not the message received. And so that extra step of saying, here's what we both talked about, make sure you capture any of those, oh, no, what I meant by this was actually this, or the little things that could, like you said, completely derail a project. Mm-hmm, and exactly, frankly, you save yourself time in the long run.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, the thing is too, that I understand it seems like, well, if I just send through a, if I send through a form for them to fill out, it just, it makes the project so much faster and so much easier and so much more streamlined. But the problem is not for t- them. No, not for them. <laughs> First of all, you're giving them a task and yeah. that's not what they hired you for. Um, second of all, like to Kate's point, they may not know how to fill it. In fact, I'm going to take that back. I guarantee they do not know how to fill it out to the level that it needs to be filled out. Yes. And also then you miss that whole conversation where you can Ask them questions. You can dig a little bit deeper and really get at the the, the crux of the project. Um, and then, too, you know, if it if your client is given another task, and I guarantee they're already busy people, that task is going to fall to the bottom of mm-hmm. their to-do list, which means it's going to push out the project. And this date that you promised is no longer valid. Mm-hmm. And you have to go back to them and explain that, well, I sent you that form, and I couldn't start writing until. And they're mm-hmm. like, but you sent me this, and you said I would have it on this date.
1: Skip all of that. Yeah. Plus, you're going to get, instead of paragraphs that you're like, ooh, I can, you know, of notes and notes and notes and great, and hearing them talk through it is very different than making them write something down. Mm-hmm. When they write it out, you're going to get like a line or two, maybe, if yeah. you're lucky. Like, who's the charity
0: audience? Moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas when you're talking, they're like, well, yeah, okay, moms, but like really moms who are feeling this or who've had their second child and they're feeling this, or it's definitely, it's actually, actually older moms or or whatever, or it's, you know, moms and, but it's moms whose kids are out of the house or or whatever. You need to have that conversation with Mm -hmm. them. Um, It will, it will save you so much trouble in the long run if you just sit down and have that conversation, book yourself an hour, book them an hour and build build this into your quote at the very beginning. Um, But you need to have that conversation with them and just keep asking questions until you have a really good understanding of of the project and their business and their goals and all that stuff.
1: And what you can do, and I know we're spending a lot of time on this step because arguably I think it's the most important step in the entire project process Mm -hmm. So all the rest of the steps are going to be very quick after this. <laughs> well, I mean, you do
0: still have to write the, the copy. Yeah, you write the copy. <laughs> but
1: frankly, I spend a lot of time on this step. So when clients ask for a quote of, for example, of a one-page website versus a five-page website, the quote isn't necessarily drastically different because all of this upfront work takes so much time and is so important so that adding additional pages, yes, it's going to increase the quote, but the initial one-page website is still going to be pretty darn expensive because there's a lot of upfront work. Mm-hmm. All that said, I think one of the reasons, you know, sending in a form and that that inclination comes from is, I want to be prepared for this call in some way. Can I can I send something out and then get on the call too? Instead, what I would recommend is you've agreed to the project, you've, you're setting up, when you're setting up the the meeting for the kickoff to consolidate the amount of email you're sending your client, Send the meeting invite and then, hey, if you don't mind, if there are any materials you uh, Mm -hmm. feel best represent your your company or you think would be helpful in this project, please send them my way before the kickoff so I can review them. That gives you a chance to go through anything else. Obviously, if they have a website or if they have social media, go through that so you can be prepared for the call. And you might already have really in-depth questions to ask to get clarity on. Then... If you just go in kind of blindly, which you can still get a lot of good information, ask more follow-up questions, but having time to digest some of that information will really help you ask more pointed questions on the call and show the client that you've done your due diligence that yes, when you pitch them, you've done some research already, but this is when you want to really start digging in because you need to know, I don't want to say everything, but you need to know a lot about the business Mm -hmm. versus when you pitch, you need to know enough, but you don't need to spend hours. Mm -hmm. This you're going to spend hours. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, and you can, once you are in the writing process, you can go back to your client with questions and say, Hey, you know, I came across this and I forgot to ask you this or Hey, you know, I maybe didn't know to ask them something. Mm -hmm. Um, You can certainly ask questions as you go, but you want to get as much information as the, at the beginning as possible, because that's going to help you as you go. Yes. Okay. So. Done the kickoff. Yeah. yeah. So that's the kickoff. Um, so next up, you just sit down and, and write, right? Can you tell that, <laughs> that that's not the right answer? <laughs> I think yeah. that's the inclination from that a lot of. That is the
1: inclination, yeah. First copywriters, especially. A mm-hmm. lot of people skip that concepting brainstorm phase.
0: Mm-hmm. Concepting, we we you know we actually did a whole Instagram live about it, Kate mm-hmm. and I. So you can find it in our feed on Instagram. Um, but that in, it's that initial kind of brainstorming session mm-hmm. where you approach the project from a bunch of different angles. Yeah, yeah, and that
1: process will look a little different depending on the project, but you don't want to skip it. And out of it, you know, if it's, for example, you need an angle for an email, you want to come up with that idea. But you also I would recommend as part of this phase is outlining whatever you're doing. Get your copy doc and kind of um, if it's an email sequence, especially I get sign off on that from my client first of here's what I'm thinking for the high level themes and ideas in each of these emails. Mm -hmm. Does that align with what? You were expecting that becomes a deliverable before then executing on all of that, because it's a lot easier to fiddle with an outline than it is to rewrite an entire email or frankly, multiple emails. Mm -hmm. Sure. Can you move them around? Yes. But Mm -hmm. if a a whole topic is wildly off and you want to, catch that in the beginning. Similarly with a website, if you are the one, if you're not working with a UX person who's outlining kind of how the content is flowing, if it's on you to say, okay, we're going to have a headline and then we're going to have a section about our differentiators and a section about how it works and a section about and you're doing that flow, you really want to outline that. You want to make sure you know exactly what you're talking about in each area. Otherwise, you're going to start mixing ideas, and then you're going to have a homepage that's, sure, a headline, and then uh, differentiated benefits, features, everything, and then another section about all of that, and it's not going to have a cohesive narrative. And you find that you
0: forgot a message, a key point, that you're like, oh, God, how am I going to fit this in here now? Yeah. Yeah. For every size project, you should yes. be outlining your, mm-hmm. you know, okay, what's the key message that I have to get? And what is the main benefit to consumer, right? That's probably going to be in the headline or somewhere up there. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, what other key points do I have to get? in? And where should those key points get be in the hierarchy? You know, mm-hmm. it's even on like a banner ad or even a single Especially on a banner ad. Yes, banner, ad, yes. Banner, yes ad. banner ads. You know, Whew. I think people sometimes think, uh, our students know that that is not the case. Yeah. people sometimes <laughs> think because they're short, it's like, that's super easy to write. No, no. It's because it's
1: so short, it's one of the most challenging projects to write. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're a dynamic ad and you're like, well, how does frame one if they don't see it? And if they only see frame two or three and how, there's a lot to consider.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, you definitely want to outline before you even start sitting down. But the nice thing, then, too, is that you're never facing a blank page. Yeah. You know, when you sit down to write, um, for those of us who aspire to be creative writers, um, there's that moment where you sit down to blank page and you go, oh man, now how am I supposed to write the great American novel or the great <laughs> novel um, if. I don't know what I'm going to write, but when you I'll are... I'll ghostwrite
1: your memoir. Don't worry. Please you. hire me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know what goes on in my life. <laughs> that was a really bad pitch, by the way. Please hire me. <laughs>
0: Please hire me. Yeah. Hello. I'll work Benefit on to that. me, Kate. Benefit yeah. to me. But you don't have to write it. Oh, that is a good benefit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I better do more interesting things than my life, though. It's not going to be a good seller. So the the outline means that you're not sitting down to that blank page that you have a you have a plan mm-hmm. and it's up to you to just kind of fill it in. So you don't you're not struck with that like what do I say now? No. First of all, you go back to your creative brief or your notes from that input call, your kickoff call to then do your outline so you mm-hmm. don't even have a blank page then and then from your outline you go and you fill it in and you write your copy and then the next step is you just send through that copy to your client right no <laughs> no no don't just send it right through to your co-
1: client yeah, I always build in what I call like sleep on it time but for any any size project. It can be the smallest project. Okay, fine. Uh, occasionally, I've written like a LinkedIn ad for a client who needs it the next day and it's going live. Okay, fine. But for most things, to have that time to write a draft, walk away, come back, I like to think of things most copy projects is a puzzle in some ways where I know the elements that are all going to go in there. Like you said that in the outline, you kind of have these omelets, but then you start writing just even lines of like, I know I want to say this, but maybe that actually belongs here. Oh, actually that's a better headline than my headline. Let's move this back down here. And so you want that fresh perspective to be able to walk away and come back. And sometimes I'd say most times to do that multiple times, to be able to step away, mm-hmm. come back, work on something else. Yeah, sleep on it.
0: Copywriting and probably all writing is is just as much editing Mm -hmm. as it is writing, and you need to become one hundred percent. It's more editing than writing. Yeah, right. Yeah, you need to become adept at being able to edit your own work mm-hmm. um, And that's one of the reasons frankly that we encourage our students in our Facebook group people post their own work and then they get feedback. but we also encourage people to give feedback because when you give feedback, you are building you're developing that that skill of being able to figure out okay what's not working and why isn't it working yes. And the more that you build that skill, the more you'll be able to look at your own work and go, okay something's not working here. What isn't working and why isn't it working? And, okay, does this accomplish the goals? You know, go back to that creative brief. Does it accomplish all of the things that I set out to do? And is this, and we always say, read it out loud. Uh, There's so much stuff that when you read it in your head, perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. And then you read it out loud and you go, oh, I used this word four times in that paragraph. Or, oh, this is a super long sentence. Or... Any number of things, but you definitely want to read it out loud. That yeah. editing phase is key. You must, because you're, you're, you are you're putting your best foot forward, right? You, are, you There will be, and we'll get to this in a second, but there will be um, feedback from your client and edits there. That's true. But you want to be delivering the best possible work you can at that stage in the game for your client. You yes. don't want to deliver them so, so work. You want to deliver the best
1: possible work that you can. What I find is really helpful, too, to your point of giving feedback to people and to edit for yourself, I put, whether I'm in a Google Doc or a Word Doc, comments on certain areas and articulate, write out why, especially if it's something important, it's a particularly important element that I want to remember to then communicate to my client, or because I know how my client is, that they're going to ask about it and wonder and have questions. Practice writing it out of, here's why I made this choice. Here's why this is my headline. Here Mm -hmm. is why this is the section where we're talking about this and why this is over here instead. By doing that, A, you might edit more of your own work by saying what your intended goal of a certain piece of copy is. But then you have all that great information for when you present it to your client Keep those notes somewhere. Have a doc, a version, save out a version for yourself with comments and then save out a version without comments for your client. Mm -hmm, Exactly.
0: Which is a great segue to the next step. If you've been working with a client a lot, um, then yeah, you might be able to just send Mm -hmm. through a copy doc and say, hey, you know, here it is. Um, Let me know what you think or if you want to hop on a call to discuss. But if it's a new client or Or if it's it's a
1: large project, Mm -hmm. what's the next step then? You want to get them on a call, get them on a zoom, share your screen so you can all look at the same copy at the same time. If you're happening to be presenting in an office, if that becomes something you do, you know, I still like sharing it. So everyone's looking at one versus, you know, I, people in the past have like printed them out and then everyone has a copy of whatever it is you're presenting. I personally don't like that because any meeting I've been in, people are then just heads down looking at their version. And then, yeah, Mm -hmm. going exactly. And then no one's focused on what you're trying to present. So getting Mm -hmm. everyone focused on one thing, going through it, prefacing it by saying, hey, I welcome any feedback you have, but I also realize it may take some time to digest this. So please take your time. I will send this through to you after this call mm-hmm. and, you know, give them a deadline for when you need it to hit your deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can always mm-hmm. work with them and say, if that doesn't work for you, you know, let me know. Yeah. Make sure when you're setting up the meeting too, to go back. I know I'm skipping all over the place, but making sure you invite the right people to say, Hey, is there anyone else who needs to be on this call? Mm-hmm. Who, who are the stakeholders on this? Who's you might get that information in the beginning to say, you know, in your input call to say, hey, is there anyone else that should be involved throughout this project that I should know about or, you know, have connected me with? They might have already put those people on the kickoff or they may not. You know, sometimes they'll keep the kickoff small. It might be you and one other person. And then for the presentation, it might be more folks in the room that need to weigh in on it. Depending again, this varies so greatly, depending on client organization size even if it's a big organization they might just be like nope our marketing person's the one approving it all or whatever so take that with it's gonna vary it's not gonna be Mm -hmm. here are the people i have to invite on the list ask your client but it's yeah you you want at least in
0: you know you may not be in charge of inviting them it may be your client Mm -hmm. but your client needs to have whoever is going to be the decision makers whoever Mm -hmm. are going to be the decision makers need to be in the room because that's that's the worst when you present it to all the people in the room and they're like, this is great. We just need to show it to our boss. And mm-hmm. you're like, wait, what boss? I didn't know there was anybody else. And then the boss comes back with all of these changes mm-hmm. because part of the thing too, is that when you start this call uh, mm-hmm. or this meeting, if it's in person, the, you want to go through, uh, recap the creative brief, remind them, because you've been on this project, head down, doing this work for however long, but uh, your client it was off their plate. They had the input call with you, and which is wonderful, and that's what you want to happen. But you did the input call, and then they're like, okay, the copywriters got it. I don't have to think about it. Um, and that's great. But you do want to remind them of all of the points that you agreed upon in that initial input call. Like, remind them, this is what we said was the benefit. This is what we said that we wanted to just because it's good to... Because your copy is based on fulfilling that brief. Mm-hmm. So you want to take the time to remind your client of what you guys agreed on in that brief. It just helps make it a lot smoother. And then to Kate's point, too, when after you present your copy and then there, you know, maybe a few key points. That you're like, I want to tell you why I did this yep. headline. You can reference. And read it out loud, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. No, go. it's great. Um, hop right in. Um <laughs>
1: cut you off yes cut me
0: off (laughs) uh you know obviously you know just as much about this as i do it's reading out loud
1: is great yeah just just so people can can hear it and again you're guiding them through that that it's not them skipping ahead to read other lines which they you know you can't mitigate all of that but by taking them through and reading it they can also hear it then Mm -hmm. too
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. So take them. So go through the creative brief. Let them know that they to hold their feedback till the end, but also they don't have to have feedback in this meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know at the end of the meeting, you can talk about when you need to have feedback by. Read the document through, and then if there are a few key points, you're like, I just want you to make sure, or, or you can just say, you know, I I. So this headline, I chose this headline because X, Y, Z reason. As Kate was saying, when you're writing it up and she makes notes that says, I want to make sure to rem- tell my mm-hmm. client this, or I want to make sure to remind my client we said this was important
1: and that's mm-hmm. why this is here. Um, and I love the hold feedback to the end. It might not always happen, but I think reminding them that, that, hey, you don't have to give it at all, but if there's initial things, I will take it. I think sometimes clients see a headline and then a subhead and then they're like, Oh, but what about this? And you're like, well, "Here's well, in the next section and here's why. And so by saying at the end that it might prevent them from having that knee jerk, like I want to react to it right away so that they can look at the page holistically as you have done and understand.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's important to, to, when you get to that feedback, phase to say, you know, you don't have to give me feedback now. Some clients will need the time to like just think Mm -hmm. it through. Um, But that's why you gave them all that information about why you did all that stuff. But for the clients who are like, no, you know, I want to give you some feedback now. Clients tend to, as we say, clients don't know how to be clients. So sometimes, especially in this feedback phase, you have to coach your clients about how to give you feedback. Mm -hmm. Some clients initial like knee jerk way of giving feedback will, will be, can this headline say this instead? And then try to write your copy for you, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously not the best scenario because they're not the experts. They're not the copywriters. Now, every once in a while, they may have a phrase or something like that. And you're like, oh, that's good. Actually, I'm going to use that. It's not cheating. Totally fine. Um, but you don't want your clients to try to rewrite that copy for you. But so going into that, if you going into that feedback section, if you say, you know, uh, if you have feedback, great. If not, no big deal. The best way for you to give me feedback is to let me know what you like and why or what what works for you and why. Why. Yeah. And what's not working for you and, and why. why. Mm-hmm. That why is how you're going to know how how you'll be able to change it. You know, when they're like, I don't like this, this subhead. That's not useful to you. Like mm-hmm. how, you're not in their heads. You can't figure out why they don't like it. They need to tell you why, you know, and it's, it needs to be as based on, you will have clients that will say things like, well, I just don't like this word. I just don't like this word. And unfortunately at the end of the day, your client is paying the bills. So if they're like, I just don't, I don't really like the word, you know, whatever, like, Okay. okay, super subjective and arguably, depending on the word, maybe a little bit silly. Don't say that to your client. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, great, duly noted. Don't use this word. And then don't use that word with that client moving forward. But
1: when I it comes a find to... a fine replace. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Make sure it works.
0: Yeah. When it comes to the the important elements of the, or the, the, the purposes, that's probably a better way to put it. The purposes of these lines, you need to know why they are reacting in both ways. If they really like something, why do they really like it? Mm -hmm. If they don't really like something or something isn't quite working for them, why? Because that's the only way that you can actually go back and, and fix it. Or, or, or I should say not fix because it's not broken, but, but uh, change it amend it, edit it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry if anyone can hear my cat howling in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No. Oh, good, good, good. Feedback, um, like,
0: I have things to say I have about the feedback
1: process. <laughs> I have feedback on this whole podcast. <laughs> I will um, say for, if you're in either scenario where you're presenting it or you are emailing it because you've worked with them a lot, smaller project, whatever, giving what you just said, in, in writing for them for guidance. So you may have said mm-hmm. it to them, here's what I need for feedback and here's kind of when I would need it by to hit that deadline, blah, 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 blah. So when you send it through via email, reiterating that great meeting with everyone today or if you're sending it over, hey, ha- so excited to deliver your first, or not even draft, to deliver your whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then saying what would be really helpful for next steps is to get any, feedback you have in writing and why, again, why it works, why anything doesn't work, why something does work by X date. So just mm-hmm. reminding them of their next step, mm-hmm. which is everything That's you great. just said.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and the reminder that, you know, I need feedback by this date if we're going to stay on schedule, because yep. it's their schedule. they Those are the dates they want to hit. So if they do want to hit those dates, they have to give you feedback by that date. Well, and we should probably say, too, that feedback, you should expect feedback. I know that mm-hmm. sometimes newer copywriters think, well, I sent it, if I did if I did really good work, they're just gonna love it as is. And that will happen every once in a while, but you should go into every project expecting to get feedback. Yeah.
1: And especially if your first project or your first two projects, they were just my client loved it. Awesome but it might feel extra painful when that third or fourth client and you're like, wait, but I didn't love it. And what? So you're still building in that time for revisions because you don't want to get caught after a couple of well, don't. This was super fast. So I didn't, here's your quote. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, but now I have like five hours worth of revisions. I didn't account for
0: that's why we account for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They expect revisions if there aren't then great but the vast majority of the time there will be and has nothing to do with your level of experience nothing to do with your expertise we Kate and I have been doing this for a very long time and we both go into every project expecting at least a couple of rounds of feedback your client has things in their head has experience has information has knowledge that they they wouldn't have even thought to give you in the initial phase or in the initial input phase. And you wouldn't have even known to ask about in the initial input phase that just that comes to light here. And there's, there's no way to prevent that. You know, you're, you're not a mind reader and they they may think of something or something may have happened, you know, oh, yesterday we said this and a customer said this. And you go, oh, okay, well, we do want to incorporate. They're going to be rounds of feedback. And it's not, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with your copy. Um, I will say that the better your input session, the fewer your rounds of feedback, because you do want to give feedback and or you do want to um iterate on the project until your client is like thrilled with the results Mm -hmm. but and so the better the input is initially the fewer rounds of feedback there tend to be but expect that it does not a it's not a judgment on you it's not a judgment on your copy it is part of the process copy is a very collaborative copywriting is a very collaborative field it's not your copy And it's not your client's copy. It's copy that you guys are are creating together. And you need that
1: feedback in order to create the best version of it. And I'll say, too, that's why the outlining process, too, is so important not to skip and to get sign off on that because it's much easier to rewrite a line of copy. Oh, we want a little I love the word punchier because I feel like people use that a lot. Punch up the headline. But it's much easier to do that to a line of copy where the message itself is accurate than have to go through and change the what you're saying. Because mm-hmm. if you got all the what wrong, it doesn't matter how you said it, because then you have to say it again anyway, versus mm-hmm. if you get the what down, then the how is so much easier. Okay, we can change I can change mm-hmm. the way we're wording this line or the the tone of it or the whatever. Yeah. The content itself though should be. Solid, which is why the outline is so 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 important,
0: yeah. And as you're saying, getting out like getting approval on an outline for like a bigger project, like a yep. multi email, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm gonna do this, exactly. this will be your welcome. In the second one, we're gonna address this. In the second yep. one, you don't necessarily need to get a feed um, approval on an outline for every project, yeah, like a Facebook ad, and you're yeah, exactly. Um, I just want to clarify that, but yeah, so the feedback, you get the feedback. Let them know, Like, ask any questions you have. You don't want to come back to your desk and be like, but why did they say this? Mm-hmm. You need to know. And then you let them know when they're going to get that next round back. You always want to be preparing your clients for the next step. The worst, the, the from a client perspective, the worst thing is like not knowing what's happening or not knowing when you're going to get something back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, then it's, 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 it's uh super annoying, the mental load of having to manage because they hire us to take it off our plates. So take it off their plate and and manage the process. you know, okay, super, thank you for this. I'm gonna go back through. I'll let you know today if I have any questions because I'm gonna go through all my notes, uh, but I don't think I do. I will have uh, your next round for you by whatever date and you agree, the two of you agree on that whatever date. And then maybe there's another round. And if there's another round, then okay. And then just to, just to tweak it, just to to polish it and get it exactly right. Um, and then what's the next step
1: after that, Kate? Don't forget to invoice once it's done. Money! Yeah. I tend to, I know some people, um, you know, if you're doing half in front and half later, that might be obviously a different process for you. I always invoice at the end of the project once all revisions are complete and the project is done. Then I'm invoicing. Um, There are some clients where I have ongoing monthly work with them. And so I'll do it at the end of the month because that's the process. But for a a project, kind of a standalone project like we're talking about, you want to get that invoice out as soon as it's wrapped up and the client says, yep, approved, we're good. Because it's so easy to forget to invoice clients. Which is crazy. You would think it wouldn't be. <laughs> you would think like,
0: oh, it's the, it's the getting paid step. That's I would never forget to send an invoice. That's the best. No, for whatever reason, we creatives, we freelancers, we were like, all right, oh, project is done oh, I'm done. Okay. I'll send you know, I'm gonna send that invoice. It's such a little step. I'm gonna send that invoice. It's so tomorrow. painful for some. Or I'm gonna send it this weekend, or I'm gonna send it like <laughs> uh, and then the the worst thing is when you look back and you're like, oh my God, I completed that project months ago and I mm-hmm. never invoiced for it. Um, which you think sounds crazy, but it's so much more, more um Common or some yeah. maybe possible is a better way to put it. You know, even especially it's as you like, get busier. Yeah, exactly. Or like, oh, it's been a week and I haven't sent it, or two weeks and I haven't sent it, mm-hmm. or something like that. It's so much more possible than you think that it is because, yeah, you get busy and you forget that that is a step in the process, and then it's kind of awkward, frankly, to go back to your client a couple weeks later and be like, ooh,
1: sorry that I forgot to
0: send along this I invoice. I
1: know there are projects I've forgotten about. I'm sure it's my <gasps> dirty you just never secret? actually?
0: I but there's one that I know that I never invoiced on, never invoiced on. Then this was I mean, this wasn't like but it was within the past several years and I just got so busy. I'm like, I don't even want to go back. And then how, like how embarrassing to go back. Yeah. I mean, and, and luckily um, my, in my income is not depending on that one invoice. Um, but you know what, when you're starting out and frankly now, like I don't, I we can't play fast and loose with money. I just yeah. have a good couple hundred bucks. of a you project. Think you exactly. yeah. Like I'm not rolling in dough. I still need that
1: income. Um, it's honestly it's, just a tedious task, but yeah, I don't know why. And yeah. if you leave
0: it for so long, you run the risk of do as we say, not as yeah. we do of it being so long that it's like embarrassing.
1: Yeah. And then you're kicking yourself because you're like, to your point, I want that money, but Oh, I, I screwed up. Like this yeah. is my mistake and this is an expensive mistake. Yeah.
0: I mean, and like I this this company, it was I mean, this was a good couple of years ago and I kept thinking oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Like, guess what? When a couple of years go by, I mean who knows if my contact is still at that company. <laughs> so make it part of your process. Yep. Make it as soon as you get the approval from your client. Open up your invoice template, fill it because it takes five minutes yeah. you have all the information you need you have an invoice template all you have to do is fill in the the client details the project details the amount and then send it through make it the next step i will say that since i did
1: that years ago i'm much better yeah. <laughs> much better about doing that um i'm same day now usually i'll do it tomorrow i'll do it tomorrow no same day as soon as they're like oh we're done so happy Open mm-hmm. it up. If you wanna go be to bed, seven, seven tonight, o'clock at night. Exactly. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No matter what time. You know, we are big
0: fans of putting stuff on your calendar. If you don't think you can trust yourself to do it yeah. same day, or if you've tried to trust yourself to do it same day and you forget, put it on your calendar. You know, if I start you Theoretically, you could say I start every Friday morning from 9 to 9.30, sending out invoices and also checking to see where my invoices are. You know, when you're you're tracking your invoices, we give you an invoice tracking sheet. When you're tracking invoices, you do want to see like, oh, you know what? I sent this out three weeks ago and I haven't heard a single thing. I'm going to send a little email to remind them that they have not paid me yet. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So- that, beginning to end, is the project process. Now, obviously, we went very in depth here, um, and there can be some elements that will be different, as Kate said at the beginning. It's not this is not a a an exact system of exactly how it's going to go. But generally, these are the big pieces that you want to be aware of, and of course, things like like that input call and um, like the presentation, those are pieces that you really wanna make sure that you put the effort in to, to get them right. Because that is how, I mean, obviously, you will write great copy, you will write great copy, but part of how you write great copy is, in, is getting that really great input call. And then part of how you end up with a delighted client is when you present it to them and you explain to them, and you guide them through the process and they never feel like they're like you took their project and disappeared or, or anything like that. When you are that partner who anticipates their needs and guides them through the process, you're the kind of person that they want to continue working with. And then later on when you come back and re-pitch them with another client or suggest retrain, retainer work or ask if they have anyone ask for referrals, they're happy to give that to you because they know that you are a quality copywriter and even beyond that you are a quality partner in the process. So we hope that has made it uh, much clearer for you and now if you're newer to copywriting you have an understanding a bird's-eye view of how it goes and quite frankly too if you're not quite as new but you've had a little bit of problems in the process before this might have helped you understand exactly where those problems were and how you can fix them. And so with that, we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.